uh, Dave G. So Dave, always great to see you, hear you. Uh, please start take your time. Up Aberdeen. <laughs> Thanks, Mark, uh, for that introduction. Yeah. I um I'll be lying if I said if I if I if I if I was to say that I wasn't uh, thinking about what I was going to share today, but um, looking back and comparing the contrast and how it was before, I'd be so concerned about ticking all the boxes and getting everything right. <laughs> and it was more so a day to try and keep a, an honest uh, um, awareness of the kind of formula that that uh, I've been used to, and it does make sense, the experience, strength, and hope one. So I know it's not the same for every person who attends Alcoholics Anonymous, but for me, my family did um, so-called abuse alcohol. Um, my, my memories that I have are of my, my, my dad back in the early 70s, um, taking back home his uncle's we were quite well, I think we were quite well known in the taxi business. They had taxis um, being drunk, and uh, that's my dad's side. And, and the only thing I can remember of my, my dad's dad is him drinking a bottle of rum down in this basement and being a very, um, well, my dad, oh, sorry, my cousins have told me they found him quite a frightening person. And it was just because of that, you know, just that there is just the drinking. I think that was why it was. Uh, my mum's side, I remember um, my granddad um, shouting at my granny, and she'd be pickled with a drink. Um, and I remember seeing her um, with that there. So I've never asked my mum what effect that's had on her. But if your granny's pickled with a drink, you know, there's a chance that she might have been drinking, you know, early on in her life. So anyway, that's what my background, you know, was. But that's near prerequisite to uh, be to join in and end up in a you know because my two brothers have never ended up in Alcoholics Anonymous um, or any recovery uh, field. Um, I, I do believe it was something in me, something in my personality, that um, nudged me kind of in the directions of ending up doing self-defeating things. Uh, I was. I was acutely shy when I was younger. There's no getting away from that. I certainly wasn't an outgoing extrovert, to say the least. But um, I was probably shy to the point where I, I really probably should have got some help for it, I think. But that's just my take on it. Um, I I got by from it, though, uh, on it to, to a certain degree. And then something in me... I can't remember what it consciously happened or whatever, but something in me decided to nurture something. Um, and I nurtured this tough guy image. And I'll, I'll hopefully you'll get a, a sense of who I was. Um, but even if you don't, I, I do. That's the main thing. I nurtured this tough guy. I mean, back in a secondary school, I... I became the so-called kind of best fighter in the school. Now, there wasn't any cage fighting then, so it was probably just a notorious fight that happened, you know, and um, this guy took out a knuckle duster and he broke, but, but then then it was like, yeah, I've got this kind of attention. I've got this feeling that, you know, I've done something 
and this is maybe a way to get some attention, you know. Um, and 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 also, I label myself as well, you know, the best fighter, and and I kind of kind of liked it as well. And around about this time as well, back in the early eighties, was a thing called football hooliganism, and and when I say that to folk, was she really involved in that? Well, well, it actually was, but but. I wasn't actually involved in, say, for example, you know, football hooliganism, it's not a brave thing, to be honest. Like, it's not a brave thing to be involved in that there. There'd be, like, packs of wolves and, you know, hunting down somebody or whatever. And a lot of it was, uh, what do you call it, grandstanding, peacocking, I think they call it, you know, when people are jumping about and all that there. Um, but it's a, it's quite an adrenaline-filled um, activity, to say the least. Um, and what's, what's generally involved in adrenaline, you know, fear, fear of what the outcome might be and fear and having to kind of protect ourselves or whatever. And that's that's how, that's what happened in my life. But I wasn't one of those who would, you know, um, which happened. Um, there'd be 10 guys beating into one person. <clears throat> For me, I was the person who would run into 10 people and I would get beaten up. And I'd get, get beaten up pretty badly. Um, but again, looking back now, it was this sense of, I'm going to get, I'm getting some attention here anyway. There's a chance that people might be talking about me, you know, here for being this kind of nutter. You know, imagine that. Imagine, imagine wanting to be called a nutter. Um, and again, I believe I nurtured that because it was, it was an identity. It was, it was something. It was, it was something better than being nothing, put it like that, you know. And being nothing was kind of scary to me. So I was getting involved in some really self-destructive stuff. And a period of probably about sorry, two, two, five years, I got beaten up badly. I mean, badly, to be honest, like I, in hospital a few times. And I'm not sure what the hairdressers think when I cut in the back of my hair. Nobody in the meetings have seen it, but <laughs> there's a, a bump there where I got bottled. I've been, I had a knocked out um, in the hospital, a hematoma which is apparently something to do with a blood clot or something in the brain. But anyway, um, yeah. And previous to that as well, I can't remember the actual date, but uh, there was a party and I went along this party and I don't need to share this, but it gives you a little idea of myself and maybe it will give you a bit of hope to where I am today. There was a party and um, <clears throat> I don't know how it happened or why it happened. and But anyway, I was taken into this bedroom and... Uh, and if I hadn't have struggled free, it would have been a, a rape. But it was, it was, in my eyes, I'm pretty sure um, it would have been, a, it was a sexual assault. Now, afterwards, um, in the morning, my pal couldn't understand. I was kicking this fence. I was enraged. I just could not understand what had just happened, you know. But the habit that I got into was um, not telling anybody about what was going on, certainly in my head. and. Uh, any, anything uh, emotional wise or events wise so that was one habit that I was getting involved in um, shame gets talked about in meetings and it, I'll be honest it's only in the last few years that I've recognised shame became my it became my kind of unspoken companion if you can uh, understand this what happened was shame became my companion and it would certainly tell me Ah, uh, Dave, you're not really worthy there. You're not really worthy of opening up, so don't bother. You're not really, you know, all that narrative. You're not, 
you know, just keep quiet. Don't say anything. Play it safe. You know, because if you say something, you're going to be embarrassed. Because I was, I was that, I was shy, and I got embarrassed with my peers. I remember it vividly um, at school. Um, because it was just, I was probably so self-centred and so preoccupied with myself that, yeah, there'd be occasions where the the confident folk would, you know, tease me. So, yeah, shame became my, my companion uh, for a long, long time, you know. Um, and how did I deal with that? Again, the identity of probably saying, oh, screw you, I'm going to, at least I can be seen if I'm doing something <laughs> um, stupid. And I, I did do some stupid things. Um, I, I wasn't treating my, um, and I'm okay saying this, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, um, I wasn't treating my kind of spirit well at all because firstly, like I say, I wasn't opening up. Um, but also I was feeding my, my brain with copious amounts of alcohol, you know, copious amounts of alcohol, and I was smoking dope. And for, for a kind of guy, my my um, disposition, personality, smoking dope was like, fuck's sake, what are you doing? <laughs> and also I ended up, um, ended up probably not as much as any kind of speed freak has done at all, but ended up um, getting involved, this guy at the work back in the early 80s and he was injecting, um, you know, speed. And, and whatever reasons, which is so insane, I ended up doing it a couple of times as well or getting it done to me. You know, because the whole process of that there, it's <laughs> you really, I'm sketching, you've got to really know what you're doing. But what a high it is. What a high when you're doing that, I tell you. You know, probably if I could retain that high from that there, but as probably anybody with any more to come, awareness knows from any high, there's always a low. And I, for, for the somebody like me, that can introvert, it messed with my mental health big style, big style. Um, big style. Uh, sorry, I'm maybe jumping about here, but previous to that, there, after the assault, um, my internal mindset could not, uh, I couldn't cope with the idea that I just felt so odd, so odd and out of place, because I would look at other people and think, you seem to have it sus. And me, I've got something in me that I can't contend with. And it, you know what all it was? I see it today. It was my inner critic that I believe everybody's got. But I couldn't, it just couldn't correlate with me. But, but why have I got this? I thought I was nuts. I really did think I was nuts. Whereas today, okay, I can be a bit nothing. But I realised today, we've, we've, let's say we, I know I've got that. And it'll probably be a part of me all my life. But I know I've got strategies and skills and tools. I don't need to believe that that overrules my life and the decisions that that, you know, it's just part of the human psyche, I believe. So, uh, yeah, I thought, fuck this. I, you know, I just had enough, too much angst, too much. I just thought, so this. And um, yeah, I, tried, I watched the attempt at cutting my wrists and I drank a load of my dad's rum. And um, God, even now, when I'm saying this, a little bit emotional. Um, he came in and found me. Uh, and when I think back, you know, when we think about the effect it has on our families, you know, yeah, my dad, you know, we didn't have the best relationship, but it didn't have the worst. He was old school. Um, you know, no, came from Torrey. Um, Torrey's a place in Aberdeen, not Torrey, 
Tory. <laughs> um, old school, working class, you know, but um, he was, you know, and he found me. And if it wasn't for him, um, you know, who knows? Who knows? Um, put me to my bed. Found me a pool of sick. I remember that. So anyway, um, what I did after that was I didn't, I practiced. And habits for me is such a fundamental thing today. The habit that I got into was um, I defended myself, but I didn't defend myself in the sense that um, I, what I did was, and I realized it's still a part of me today, and I asked myself, is it helpful or was it helpful? No, it wasn't, and it still isn't. But what I did was the tough guy thing still ran through my daily life, and, and I nurtured it because it protected me. And uh, it was like, you come near me and I'll, 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 you know, don't mess with me. I'm Dave, you know, and I'd wrapped up all these so-called, <laughs> you think about it, you know, like air, air pilots get in, the mat, in their arms, you know, I'd done all these just like stupid things. And it was like, keep away from me. I'll do something to you, you know, because I'm a tough guy. That was the kind of thing that I tried to nurture and radiate. And it was so, so unhelpful. But it helped, it protected me. It protected me from so-called getting hurt, emotionally hurt, because I didn't want that. I didn't want to be embarrassed. I didn't want to be shamed. I didn't want to be um, humiliated again. So I thought, okay, this is the way to do it. Keep people at arm's length. Don't tell them what's going on um, and let them know if you, if, you, if you mess with me, there'll be consequences because don't you know who I am? <laughs> uh, you know, that was the case for a long, long, long time. Um, until I suppose in my, la my, my latter years of drinking that it really was like getting in the ring with Mike Tyson um, with my drinking. I'd wake up and just feeling absolutely beaten, beaten up. And um, yeah, the people who were affected by my drinking were, yeah, the people that were really just close to me. Uh, my mum, can't do anything about that there, but you know, I didn't treat her, you know, I wasn't the best son. My brothers as well. Um, I wasn't the best brother. I wasn't the worst, but I just certainly wasn't the best. Um, who else? Yeah, it was really just, yeah. That's, I think for me, that's what um, the habit of drinking alcohol does. You know, it certainly didn't, didn't do my, my brain any good. And it didn't do my ability to, to communicate with people any good at all. And today... Today, I still need to work on it, but it's a lot better to find ways where I can bond and connect uh, with 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 people, but also with myself. I'm finding out that more and more and more and more. It's not really about connecting with other people, but people get the benefit of it. It's connecting with Dave's, with Dave, Dave's relaxed self, Dave's, the Dave that's at ease with himself. The Dave that doesn't feel any pressure to perform. The Dave that doesn't feel any pressure to, to, do, to do anything over and above, just be present and, and you know, to just uh, share you know, what's going on. So uh, I, I, I never, I, you know, I'd love to be able to tell people um, adventures and exotic, glamorous locations and things that I did when I was drinking. There's none. <laughs> Apart from one um, place that I went to, I went abroad once um, before I got sober and stopped drinking, and that was the the famous, not infamous, the famous 
time that Aberdeen, you know, my team, beat the mighty Real Madrid over in Gothenburg. Um, I've even getting goosebumps. I don't even see the goosebumps here. Um, talking about it. Uh, just go on YouTube, anyone. Aberdeen versus Real Madrid, 1983. Um, Alex Ferguson, the well-known Alex Ferguson, he was the manager. But uh, again, I can't really remember much about it because I was I was drunk a lot of the time. I remember um, losing or spending all my money, and then I thought, okay, I had a. I was in the bus, I remember, and I drank. I think it was a half bottle of wine in one. And then I think I made a bet with somebody on the ferry to drink a half bottle of whiskey. Um, and I was I was absolutely sick as a dog. Um, I'm not sure if I, if I spewed over the pipers, but I remember those pipers playing, and I think I was pretty much near them. So quite... Um, anyway, but, um, yeah, I can see I was there. Yeah, I can see I was there. I remember bits and pieces of it, but um, yeah. I decided to um, detach from the football because I just knew it wasn't particularly good for me. But my my um, my consumption of alcohol continued um, unabated. Uh, the habit that I got into as well was uh, pee in the bed, and uh, and I just say that as a fact. That's what I did. Bizarre as it is, I got used to that. Imagine that. Imagine getting used to pee in the bed. Yeah. Um. But I did. And I suppose it was just another kind of a shame muscle that I was strengthening, you know, within myself. Because um, who's going to tell anybody, oh, what did you do last night or this morning? Oh, I was um, drying out my mattress. That's what I was doing, yeah? <laughs> no. Um, so that's what I did. Uh, there was no real in emotional strength again throughout my drinking. That's, that's all I could really say. Um, yeah, when you're polluting your brain with alcohol and drugs, that's not what happens. So I got into I got into AA in 1994, and uh, as as Mark said, you know I've not uh, my my 29th birthday was yeah well, whatever February the seventh. So how, how many days that was passed? And um, for me, I I've heard people say that. They wanted to die when I was drinking. I, I didn't. You know, I tried the suicide. I really wanted to live, but I had no clue how to live. I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea how to interact with people uh, or to speak to them or or to be vulnerable or anything like that at all. It was just alien to me. But, but I didn't know. I didn't know what to die. And I did know that if I stopped drinking, something might change. I just knew that. I just knew something might change, you know, for the, the bit my betterment. And I, so I would go to meetings and I, I can honestly say it was like pulling teeth to get me to share. Pulling teeth. It was, you know, literally painful. But I just knew I could do it because I heard pe other people sharing. They were opening up and I thought, well, if they can do it, so can I. But I had to kind of give myself permission as well. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really wait. But that's what happened anyway. It's probably happened in a lot of traditional meetings. You don't see it much in secular, but you're asked to share. And yeah, it just became a habit. And it's just really a habit that I've got into today. Um, looking back, oh yeah, I forgot to mention as well. <laughs> I was staying with my dad for a short while 
because um, I came out the flat that I was staying in on my own, and he said, "I'll let you stay, but you can only stay for this this time." It was it two weeks, and he meant it. He meant it. So I was kind of screwed. It was tough love, so to speak. But what happened was somebody in the meetings who owned this rehab, um, he was driving me home and he mentioned, and I mentioned about it, and he says, okay, I can try and get you in. So I ended up, I don't share this much, but <laughs> there's not any trauma behind it, but I ended up in rehab for five months. Five months. And it, it was good for me because it put me in an environment around people I'd never done that before. And it gave me the opportunity to share things that I'd never shared before, particularly that um, assault there. And it's actually happened. The person, one of the people who was involved in that there ended up in that rehab as well. Um, and it was difficult because you, you kind of feel you're grasping on somebody, but I had to tell somebody that that person was there, you know. Um, Today, today, then that guy tried to Facebook friend me. Oh, it was about six months ago, and um, I thought no, it was a fine line, and um, I declined it. Um, and um, today, that guy's in a mess. That guy has went down the road. You can see him. That guy's lost. Um, he's lost. He's he's abused himself with lots of uh, drugs and alcohol, particularly drugs. I think. And, um, um, yeah, he's a lost soul. But um, anyway, I, I don't believe I am today. Um, and that's, yeah, I'm happy about that. So yeah, um, the hell about that I went to was going to AA meetings because it was just like, this This really feels the right place to be rather than being in my head all the time and living in fear. And it was a, it was a kind of a, I wouldn't say a sanctuary, but it was, it's good for, I think, anybody's mental health to not be thinking about ourselves. And when I was in that presence of people as well who I felt supported by, who were encouraging me, it felt it felt really unusual, but it felt right, you know. But looking back as well, I was, I was still like a child, you know, I was still kind of like that childlike, I suppose, but I've become like to, used to playing that role of the passive um, you know, feeling like I'm looking up to people all the time and you know, that kind of meek passive one um, but as time went on I opened up and as time went on I shared things that I hadn't done before and as time went on I trusted more in myself as time went on I trusted more and and the people that was around me and to this day to this day I do believe that um it's a bit like that peeling back the onion you know I'm, I'm near the the I'm not there if you know, see there's still things that'll be revealed to me, you know. But I'm a lot, lot better, you know, than I was when I came in. And that's all I'm looking for. That's all I'm looking for. That's all I was looking for. And um, yeah, if anyone had known me, I, I was like, oh achievers. I say it jokingly, but it's true. My head was like, think of all the cooking analogies, or it's analogies or whatever. My head was fried, scrambled, pickled boiled, mashed. If there's any others, um, I was that, you know, because I'd subjected myself to, you know, to the physical beatings, I'd uh, drugs, drink, um, and emotionally, that inner critic, you know, had uh, 
always nudge me into a corner where I just feel like felt I couldn't get you know go anywhere else. Um, <clears throat> so um, hopefully, and and I do care about this because you know I, I I love hearing um, hope today because I need to give myself hope, and I do believe anyone who wants even even when we're not drinking, I believe most people who want to get the most out of life need people who can inspire them to be in a different place. So uh, I do like the world it doesn't get said that often and I'll be I'll be like um, surprised if it does. The word neuroplasticity, it's a, it's a fancy world, um, but it's the, the brain's pliable, it can change. And I do believe my the heart's pliable as well. It can't change, you know. I'm still defensive. Do I like it? No. I'm not as defensive as I used to be. I'm still sensitive. I'm not as sensitive, sensitive as I used to be. But anyway, is it helpful? I, no, I don't believe it is. So, um, But I do believe I've changed. And, I, and, and, um, and it's only because I was able to do something different. When when I was probably sober about oh maybe <clears throat> so I think um, I think it was maybe a year and a half you know I decided to go to college and I got an event and I just knew if I apply myself I can get this qualification so I went to college I got an HNC um, um, in social sciences then I went the next year and I got it in um, um, an HND in social sciences. And then shortly after, somebody, a couple of folk in a fellowship who are at university says, well, why don't you try for university? And I thought to myself, well, there's no harm in trying. You know, I can give it a bash. I can fill out the form. You know, who knows? And I was at that point where I felt I had that support around me and I had that awareness. If, you know, I'm not going to get nothing for free, but I might get something if I apply myself and I put the appropriate effort in. So that's what I did. I applied, got in, and I got myself a degree in psychology. I'll buy, it was an ordinary degree, but I'll pat myself on the back like I, if there's any parts to be had in the, the back, like I'll, I'll, I'll do that like I. Um, I got that, and then it got me into the, the work of social care. And since then, I've worked in a alcohol rehab, I didn't find that particularly easy, I must admit. It was just where I was, where I was in my life. I've worked uh, with the homeless. Um, I've worked with, um, in, a, in a unit that was for young people, extreme drug issues that were allowed to use, and that just did my head in, because it kind of conflicted with my own my own personal values. Um, what else have I done, career-wise? Well... I was actually out of work for about a year and a half, and I, I'll tell you, that was about, about um, 13, 14 years ago. Um, so I've been sober for whatever, you know, 15, 16 years. And uh, I'll tell you what, that was not an easy time. Um, to say the least, my heart goes out to anyone who tries to look for work but is out of work. Um, but anyway, I decided, okay, I need to maybe um, educate myself more. And I got a qualification to be a fitness instructor so being a fitness instructor as well like yeah I never ever thought I'd do that um rewind a little bit I I was working in the rehab I'd done the worked in with the homeless and I thought I need to try something else here 
I just felt I need another another qualification. So I went back to university, one of the other universities, and I got a degree in information analysis. Um, I'm not sure how that's helped me, like, to watch the guy. Um, so that's what I got. And I wouldn't have got there if I hadn't got the help of people in the fellowship, I must admit. There's no way, no, no way, if you times it by 10. But what in my favour, and I still hold to this today, if I want to achieve something, anything, anything, I've got to be honest with myself and find out, if I want to get from A to D, which I can do, if I know myself I can do, then I need to ask myself, what do I need to do? And also, what people do I need to speak to? What books do I need to read? What effort do I need to put in to get there? I actually was helped. I remember there was a CD. I've still got it. It was this audio book. I burned it. Um, it's called The Magic of Thinking Big. Um, David Schwartz and somebody else. And he talks about this thing called excusitis. And that really struck a bell with me that we, or, or anyone, me particularly, I can make up any excuses that will avoid me getting stuck in. Oh, well, oh, oh I don't want to put in too much, uh, that much effort. Or, or you know, line of, you know, a list of excuses when really it's stopping me from being, fulfilling my potential. So all through that, they are... Um, yeah, they're just up, just applying myself, you know, really, you know, because what's the contrast? What's the what's the option? Sit back, take it easy. But I don't believe, I don't believe there's any strength gained by um, staying in the comfort zone, so to speak. That's why I love to hear people who are doing some doing things in their life or who've done something. Because I know when you when people share that, they've uh, they've practiced some principle, they possibly practice courage. The possibly practiced whatever integrity. I love people who stand up in spite of you know the held, and just speak the truth. I I, I love that. Even sometimes my dad agree with it, and I practice that today. You know, <laughs> practice that. I uh, so in the time that I've not been drinking, I have I've done certain um, physical activities that for me it's still good for my mental health. Uh, what have I done? Oh, I've, I've I, I got involved when I was working in this health suite in this leisure centre in Aberdeen. Again, I got hooked up with just friends there, and I've run half marathons, ten k's. I've done a few mini triathlons. Now, it's not to say it's a prerequisite to being sober, or whatever, to do these things. But for me, it, for me, it helps me to keep sense of achievement. Also, it keeps my head in a pretty decent place when I'm when I'm working out. You know. Um, I've done a, I've done a couple of skydives, you know. Um, I'm not sure that like <laughs> I've done three skydives. Um, the third one didn't go too well. That's in her story. Um, didn't they particularly land that well and end up going to hospital? But anyway, I've done three skydives. Um, I went to karate as well about twenty years ago, and never thought I'd do that. Um, but, and, I, and I managed to do what the golden rule is: keep your hand in always when you're blocking. And that, anyway, so anyway. Uh, <clears throat> what else have I done? Um, and I've, I've also done, I think, inner work on myself as well. You know, it's, it's for me, the transition has been to, uh, and I'll tell you where I'm at today as well, but the transition has been to being thinking 
I've got to be this nice guy and I've got to keep quiet, you know, and be this, you know, and I don't have to be. That's the that's the stories that I've told myself for years, and uh, and I think I've got to smash this idea that I've got to have a story and stick with it. You know, realise that more and more today. You know, my story sometimes will tip me up and keep me in a place where it's really comfortable and safe, and 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 will deprive me of the colour that goes with um, moving on. So, um, yeah, for me, the transition has been from being somebody who would um, be Mister Cool. You know, and Mr. Calm and Collected <laughs> to, to now um, being a person who's been dancing 20 years. Um, dancing's been, uh, it's been great for me. Uh, the pluses that have been, that I've, I've integrated with different people, it's different. I just, I just like that, you know, mixing with folk because it kind of, wouldn't say it tests me, but allows me to practice um getting the benefits of just being around folk and uh it's amazing how my head can manufacture so many stories honestly like i if i could get paid for it for manufacturing stories in my head fuck i'd hate i'd hear a lot of money you know i used to do it so readily as well like you know and i've got to watch as well as because my and whatever my head can manufacture so many so much just bullshit um, you know, and um, and then in, in, in the in the dancing scene as well, you know, I, and just my mind sometimes can be sensitive. Oh, oh, I'm kind of a little bit paranoid. They're talking about me, or they don't like me, and all that. It's just I've, I've manufactured it. You know, it's not reality. Dave's chosen to manufacture. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I don't know where I went with that. That's okay. Um, the the dancing, absolutely love it. Uh, I've been dancing tango uh, for 10 years. Um, and other styles in between. I have, I decided probably about th three years into tango. So about seven, seven years ago, I could organise tango events. So I, did, I was organising tango events. They're called alternative tango. But it's, so it's a mixture of traditional and alternative music. I was doing that. Um, I've got the pictures. It's quite good to remember that, you know, but the time's there. Um, and I would DJ as well, um, bringing out my love of music. Um, yeah. And the inner work, again, it's been constantly just letting go and letting go and realising it is okay to let go. It is okay. To be, I, I like being goofy, to be honest, like I, but I'm not goofy all the time because it, it, there's certain people, you know, feel more at ease with. But I've also got to be mindful as well, not to place too many conditions on letting myself go, you know, as well. Um, yeah, and about, it must be now, about 10 years ago, I, I thought I could be doing something else just to nourish my, my soul, so to speak. I didn't have to. I don't think anybody has to, but I think I weigh things up and I think, what what's the benefits of this to me? If I'm only going to live once, which is more than likely. I don't know. <laughs> um, what's the benefits to me? So I decided to join um, Toastmasters Public Speaking. I remember back, oh, cheapers. I, I was so, still, still the shyness was there, but I just knew, I just knew this was going to be helpful. Um, and it has been for me because it's been, I, I look at um, life like, um, and recovery like 
we've got to take experiments. If I don't take any experiments, I'm going to keep getting the same result. Whereas if I keep doing some different experiments, there's a good chance I'm going to find out what's good for me, what isn't, you know. Um, and that's why I love people who I hear um, are practicing courage. It doesn't take any courage to keep doing the same thing. And I'm only talking about me. Um, so I've done that, you know, and um, since I've been a member of Toastmasters, and this is the great thing that I, I love to say to folk, and I'm getting goosebumps saying this again, is that if I pursue a line of honest awareness about what's stopping me, my fears and my comfort zone, and I practice something new, and I keep on doing that, I, 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 you never know, or I never know, what I'm able to do today that I would never have been able to do fucking 10 or 5 or 10, 15 years ago. For example, I never thought I'd be the president of the Toastmasters Club today. You asked me that two years ago, I'd be like, no, no, no. But I decided eight months ago to put myself forward for it. It's fucking done my head in a little bit. That's what sure. I can, yeah, I can say that jokingly, but it has kind of like I, but it's been challenging. But I've gained from it because I, I know I've got the strength to do it. I've got the strength to do it, you know, and I've gained from it. So um, I've entered um, competitions, I've won rounds, um, club comp contests, I've won those, I've, I've won those. Um, and yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, today, today, yeah, yeah and what, what led me to, to secular meetings? I think it was probably just the fact that I was hearing the same things in meetings. And it, it, it again, it takes no courage, I think. And I'm talking about traditional meetings, but as well, I've got to be mindful. When I'm on a secular meeting, it's, it's still a meeting. Am I saying the same stuff? Am I telling anybody what I've done that might inspire them or give them hope? But I, that's why I decided to, to 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 kind of to make secular more in my life because I've got a busy life anyway. I do outdoor swimming, I'm button dancing, Toastmasters in my life, and my mum has been a big part of my life recently as well. So, um, but I think it's as well I've got a bit more freedom to share, and a a sense of I'm really being held. And there's not a sense of this hierarchical kind of when people speak up, you know, who've got a louder voice, they are the ones who've got to listen to, which is bullshit, you know. Um, everyone's voice is uh, as valuable as anyone else's, but I think we've all got to practice using it. So, uh, yeah, so practice that. Where am I at today? Again, reverting back to what I said. And do I, do I think it's helpful? Not really. I can still be defensive. And it's not that helpful to me. So I need to kind of, and also I, I want to, I don't need to, I want to relax more. Um, take a breath more, Dave, and just relax. Um, what am I scared of today? This might sound, sound weird. I've not got, and it's habits. I've not got in the habit of going for a holiday for ages. I've not taken a holiday for ages. And that's Dave. Firstly, just kind of afraid or taking the easy route out and not planning it and doing all the things that need to do that there. But see, whenever I went for a holiday over the years since I've been sober, 
Um, I've been to Barcelona, Real Madrid, loved that. Uh, I've been to New York, um, other places. It's, it's fucking great when you make the effort and you're actually there. You think, yes, yeah, yeah, I've done it. I'm, I'm noticing how you know, Northern. It's great to think, you know, when you do it. So it's really, um, firstly, yeah, I deserve that. I can't do it, but I know. It's not just a sandwich in between the holiday. You need to kind of do the appropriate actions to get there. What I'm afraid of as well, I'm afraid of being forward with women. That's what I'm afraid of. Do I like it? No, not really. But I think it possibly goes back to my defensiveness and um, slight feelings of lack of worth. Is it helpful? No, probably not. What's good is I can admit it just now, own it, and know there's always a solution. And probably the solution for me just now is just to relax. Relax more, breathe, and I'm probably the natural day will just come out a bit more, you know. So um, I can't think. The good thing about my share, it feels like today that I've not let kind of anxiety really be a driving force. <laughs> uh, that's happened before, you know. Um, so, but people pleasing's got better. I don't really care too much. I like to be liked. It's like to be liked, but I don't really care that much today, you know. Um, uh, I'd rather, I'd rather practice just speaking my truth, you know. Um, I might not speak it too much on meetings, but in a one-to-one, I'm happy doing that, you know, um, with anyone. Um, yeah, so what's my loves today? I love music, absolutely love music. Um, it gives me a good feeling. Uh, I do love being out in nature. Um, I love dogs. You know, that's going to be one of the highlights of my day today, coming across a couple of dogs. Um, I've got people that I love in my life today. I love my mum. You know, I never thought I'd say that. You know, I love my mum. Um, uh, and it's strange. It's just, a, what a, it's, not, it's a funny feeling. Whenever I see her, that's just I just want everything the best for her, you know. Um, anything she says, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and I probably love people more today than I should. And also, I realise that love isn't just thinking; love is actually gestures, and I need to show people. I can show that I appreciate them more today than just thinking. They know, they maybe fucking don't know, Dave. Tell them, actually, tell them. And show them as well. So, um, yeah, I've, oh, I've probably spoke for as long as I ever have done in a, in a meeting, but um, that's all right. That's all right. I'll, um, I think, oh, Mark's still here. Right, there we go, Mark. That's me. Yeah, I can't really think of anything else to say. Thanks a lot. Cheers, cheers. Right.